Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. I don't usually do two parters, I, I, <laughs> but I I wanted the conversation was going so good with with Robert Jersey and that's Robert Jersey J E R Z Y. That's on, true. On Twitter, <laughs> um, I wanted to extend it because I realized there was another thing that happened or a couple big things that happened, which were the trades. And um, but before we get to the trades, I I just want to close out the conversation with um uh close close out the conversation on leon rose and button that up by by just adding um what my fears are with him but my fears are the knicks needed someone who had it who had an overall basketball vision not a guy who's transactional agents are transactional especially agents who are former lawyers Palinka at the Lakers is a former Hooper. He played ball with the Fab, Fab Five. He's a basketball guy with, I, I haven't seen it yet, with potentially a basketball vision. Um, more so with Bob Myers in Golden State, who is a, you know, played ball at UCLA, is a basketball lifer, became an agent to stay close to the game. And then he, when he got to the, the, the Lakers, above him and basically guiding him into the role was Jerry West. There's no Jerry West at the Knicks right now. And I know Scott Perry hasn't done an awful job as an agent, but I, I didn't like any of the free agent signings in terms of a team that was building towards something. I, I mean, they... they 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 got a a pick and we're going to talk about that for um um uh, Morris but the person who's in charge of this fix needed to be a home run he needed to be someone that when he was hired everyone said okay everyone was able to take a deep breath and go okay there's a guy in place and that guy is going to install a basketball vision and we know he's good because he's done it. But for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in seven years, who has the worst record in the NBA for the year, for the two thousands. And if you were born in 2000, you're 20 years old today. (laughs) A lot of us nineties kids, we hear anything. It could be 2060. In our minds, if it's not the 90s, it must not be that old. But it's been 20 years, two decades of futility. So this couldn't have gotten wrong, Robert. I, they, like that's, that's why I don't like this hire. 
That's yeah. why I would have traded draft picks for Masai Ujiri because at the very least, you know you have a guy who has an overarching basketball vision and and is and and you know and players know he knows he does you know they've watched him win and i don't and i don't know if that happened here uh, you know I, I will remain uh sad about it i i'm i'm not going to be phony in that way but I would like to be, and, and I've, I want to be honest with you, I think the pinnacle of, of me enjoying basketball in New York would be that the Knicks and the Nets are both really good. They play competitive games, not just because they're both horrible right now. Um, I'd, I'd like to see them be competitive to be the two best teams in the Eastern Conference and and returning our, our basketball credentials but New York just seems like a, a place that doesn't know their hoops, that's not producing hoopers anymore, and that doesn't love basketball. Like, on sports radio, they talk more baseball than, than basketball nowadays, and that wasn't always the truth. So, for me, it it just needs to... It needed to have been a, a person who was a, a home run, but... Uh, uh, I, that, that's I'm, I'm going to close the books on, on, on the, the Leon Rose thing. And let's let's talk about something positive they did. They flipped Morris and some other stuff and did this trade yesterday. Robert, tell me, give me first break down the trade for me and then give me your thoughts on it. So the trade basically brings Marcus Morris to the Los Angeles Clippers uh, in exchange for the expiring contract of former St. John's uh, star Maurice Harkless. Yeah. Um, New York guy. A New York guy. A mm-hmm. 2020 first-round pick from the Los Angeles Clippers. Mm-hmm. And um, a 2021 second-round pick from the Detroit Pistons. There are numerous reports that say that the Knicks um, have the opportunity in 2021 to exchange first-round picks with the Clippers in terms of um, the seating and the position. Now, who thinks that the Clippers are worse than the Knicks <laughs> in two years? But, I mean, we see with the Golden it, State Warriors this year that things can go south very fast. Oh, yeah? And this is, it's, it's just a nice little wrinkle that they have um, in, in this trade setup. The Nets have um, been burned by pick swaps many a time. So, yeah, yes, no, that, good, yes. good get on that one. So, um the, the teams expanded the, the trade to a three-team trade where uh, the Wizards got Jerome Robinson, who's in his uh, second year in the league, and traded away uh, Isaiah Thomas to the Los Angeles Clippers. And IT got waived by the Clippers immediately. And um, that's basically the whole framework of the deal. And um, I was also in record on record saying that I don't believe that the game the Knicks are playing there, hoping that they can get anything out of the Marcus Morris situation, that they will be successful. And I am wrong. I was wrong uh, mm-hmm. because I thought that other teams um, won't play the game that the Knicks set up with the Marcus Morris signing, mm-hmm. that they would talk indirectly to Morris through his agent and say, listen, Marcus, NBA trade deadline is over. You want to play playoffs. You are a free agent in the summer. Just demand a wave or a buyout and then come to us. And I thought this would happen. Um, But actually, the Knicks got a really nice package out of the deal. Um, I don't think that Marcus Morris was really 
a peace for the future, objectively speaking. I think that the Knicks organization uh, thought differently, and they. I know that some fans were actually warming up to the idea that Marcus Morris stays in New York long-term because of his performance this year. Um, but I think that the Knicks um, did the right thing by trading him away, getting a first-round pick, getting another second-round pick. And we should remember, Eve, that in 2021, the Pistons could be very bad they in will. light of the Andre Drummond uh, trade. So a second-round pick can essentially be like an early First round. round. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I agree with that. So it's it's actually nice to get this kind of a deal uh, from an expiring contract and somebody that is not really part of your future. I would have really liked them to get Terrence Mann, the rookie from the LA Clippers, yeah. who is kind of a point guard, small forward kind of guy. Um, and he was initially in the reports. So I was way more excited about it. But objectively speaking, the Knicks did very well. And they have, I think, seven first-round picks over the course of next years. So um, they do very well objectively, which is great. Um, on the other side, they're still stuck with all of the other contracts that they handed out in the summer. Um, these players are still getting more playing time than the young guys. Um, you still don't see a real basketball vision, something that you just address with Leon Rose, and I think that's true for the whole organization. Um, it's true that Scott Perry didn't do a horrible job, but let's be honest, if we say that, hey, at least he didn't do a horrible job is the baseline for your assessment of a team, you're in deep trouble. You should always strive for the best possible outcome. And I don't think that Scott Perry in all of his time did a very, very good job considering the fact that he completely sabotaged the point guard position with his love for Alfred Payton, yeah. bringing him in just basically destroying the value of, of Dennis Smith Jr., which whatever happened in the in the background, and I'm not aware of the real issues there. But objectively speaking, there were a lot of decisions made that are not very beneficial to the organization moving forward. Yeah, no, the, the Knicks lack structure. And... And you see it in their young players, and I and I can never find this quote again. But Kristaps Porzingis gave me uh, the biggest, you know, basically view into what is wrong with the Knicks. Uh, tell me if you remember this, and I can't find the quote anymore. But I I swear I read it, and because it struck me so hard, struck me and, and struck a nerve with me so so much that it just unveiled why the Knicks were the Knicks. Kristaps was asked, why are you rehabbing in Spain when you could be here with the Knicks doctors and, and, and the Knicks coaches and, you know, you, your, your rehab could be supervised? And he said, I don't know if I show up to the building, will there be someone there to yes. tape my ankles? Yeah. I, I didn't make that up, did I? No. No, that's something that um, was part of the Woj uh, podcast podcast that I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Was where Porzingis told uh, Woj that like he wanted to go to the gym and work out, and nobody was there. No jerseys, no basketball, no preparation, no trainers. So there is a lack of structure, and there is a lack of um, just overall like offerings and 
quality in terms of allowing the players to develop and getting better. Yeah, right. that's a huge problem. And, I, I, and he didn't make this up. And 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 I and I know he did it. And and basketball, and I I don't I don't just see it in basketball. I see it in 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 European football too. Like I I look at at what we call soccer here. Every time I say it, even though I grew up saying the word, <laughs> it just seems foolish now that I've that I've started watching Premier League and I hear them call it football, so I, I don't say soccer anymore. But European football. I look at organizations like uh, Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich, and it's like NASA for athletics. And they take children from early youth stages and they build this person up as an athlete over 10, 15 years. And in America, in the 90s especially, it was very different. Players smoked cigarettes. They they drank really hard. Sometimes they'd show up at the gym, you know, with a hangover. Nobody really had trainers. And then, and then even the team facilities, it was just really X and O's and coaching. We're going to go out here. We're going to coach. We're going to have somebody who kind of, you know, helps you lift weights or, or whatever you're trying. But the athletes had to get their own trainers. When I saw Sean Marks install the program and he went out and got a Navy SEAL and, you know, uh, when the players join the team, they get a they get a, a, a loose leaf binder that tells them that here's your height and weight. Now you need to get you need to lose body fat this, by, by this much. You're you've had X amount of surgeries on on this particular knee. We need to balance you out and change the way you dribble like amazing, amazing stuff. And the at the biggest, most worth, you know, most valuable franchise in the world, they're working out at at a college gym, and they don't have a notable name as the person who actually does the workout for them. And who is the who's the like like who is the guy that that is in charge of 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 nurturing these young guys and and their growth as athletes? And, and and that is shocking to me. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That that and I know we veered off from the trade to basically talk about this, but that's that's why I don't love draft picks for the Knicks. Um, I I if if I'm building the Knicks, I'm building the Knicks on as many kids as I possibly can. But the real success of a trade like this isn't that you get to make the picks or or that you stack the assets is that you could create a system in the background that will make sure that these picks succeed. That yeah. at the very least, that they will create some value to build a culture. And I hate saying the word culture like Sean Marks makes me hate that term. But there should be a culture of, I'm a, I'm a brand new pro ball player. I'm R.J. Barrett. I'm in New York City. And I have this structure that, I, that I'm being groomed at. And I'm and I'm at the NASA of basketball every day, and the best minds in 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 physical therapy, the best minds in and even the the mental side of it. Like I I, <laughs> for my team, I hope that there's some sports psychologist talking to Kyrie Irving, because um, clearly no one talked to him early on, and and it's such a important part that to make this trade really worthwhile is that it's it's not even going to be on who you draft or who you pick but who is it going to be 
at that facility that's raising these kids and developing them into into you know functional basketball players yeah you you, you hit the nail on the head and there are just two things that i want to add is um it it really angered me um in the aftermath of the Kristaps porzingis deal that both him and his brothers were blamed heavily for uh, the outcome of the whole trade and the situation, mostly by the fans. They turned their back on him after loving him and embracing him. Right. And what people must not forget is, and something that you mentioned is, they are from Europe. They are European. They have a different point of view on the whole infrastructure and the situation. Um, exactly. Porzingis, as a teenager, went to Sevilla, to Spain. He didn't speak any Spanish. He was afraid he was by himself, and he had to pull through in order to become the basketball player that he was in his early years. Mm-hmm. His brothers were both played basketball. They're not as fortunate talent-wise as Kristaps is, mm-hmm. so they had to work very hard. I remember Kristaps telling me that he went to the gym where his, um, his brother played, Giannis, and Giannis trained so hard every single day in order to achieve just a little bit. He played second league in Italy. And obviously, if you are a family, you want the best for your brother, for your mom, for your father, for whoever. Right. And they came to New York and they looked at the whole infrastructure that you mentioned in detail and realized this is not the right place. We can put pressure out, but it won't be the place where Kistaps as a player and as a person can grow. And the second, and the second thing that I want to mention is mm-hmm. prob- people probably know Dave, uh, David Thorpe, uh, Coach David Thorpe, oh, who um, big fan is of regularly on ESPN. He is just a brilliant mind because he's a basketball trainer. Yep. Um, he worked with Udonis Haslam when he was younger, and Known very he knows well. Kevin Knox because Knox's father was in Florida um, and played there, I think, in the NFL, and so he knows Kevin very well. And in one podcast, he said that Kevin is a brilliant player who at some point could be an all-star. But as long as he is in a, in like a project or in an organization like the New York Knicks, he won't succeed because he doesn't get the support that is necessary in order to become the great player. And these are massive red flags if people like this talk about the organization and give the assessment that he gave. No, I <laughs> – and – and the, the the contrast, especially for someone like Kristaps, and, and this is where Nick fandom hurt themselves uh, and, and make the situation worse, is they didn't learn anything. They, they, they did the worst thing Americans can do is they, they go, oh, they're just a bunch of Europeans who don't know. Little, little do most Americans know that the European process for for developing an athlete is some of the best in the world and they start at very young age they deal with psychology and the physical um, aspect of it and Valencia which is not a huge you know uh, basketball football and and, and everything else uh, sports club uh, did a better job than the New York Knicks that that had to be shocking for those guys coming coming from these these um schools where they're taking guys like Luca uh uh, uh from Slovenia, right? And, yeah. Right? Yeah. 
Maria uh, Hizonia, who's from Croatia, who was at the FC Barcelona right. program. Yeah. Right. And they're they're taking them as kids and they're teaching them to become professional athletes better than we do in college here, better than than because we you know the reason why college is so poor at it is because they don't have a truthful and honest uh uh conversation about what what they are. But in Europe they're 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 making these kids' dreams come true. They're finding them all over the world. And when they bring them into their city, there is a structure there for them. And the Knicks fan base could have learned something, but instead they bashed Kristaps uh, uh, on the way out. And they never looked at it from an objective point of view to be able to go, you know what? And, and, and the media, the Knicks media, like, I, I won't even mention any names because turns out they listen to my podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> um you'd be surprised um uh, but they didn't have an honest conversation either they just they they made it and demonized Kristaps instead of making it where they uh, a teachable moment for the fan base and for the organization who has to respond to their paying customer, which is the fan base. They could have learned something from the Kristaps Porzingis situation, but instead they made it about, oh, you're never, you're never healthy. You're never, you're never there on time. You're not that good. And like, like they killed this guy who was their savior, Porzingis, a uh, Porzing God. <laughs> like, like I couldn't believe that 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 happened, but it just goes to show that a, a fish rots from its head, and as long as Dolan is there, all of these things—the fact that they 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 work out where he used to go to college, the fact that they they keep hiring these these people who are are really yes men to him, the fact that the fact that they can't um uh uh. uh have an overall basketball vision is because of of what's coming in directly from him at the top and uh it, it, it's sad now in terms of I, let's let's switch gears a little bit in terms of where the Knicks go from here if if you could have if you could have any scenario what are three things that you would like to see that would point to you, that would say to you, change is coming and a better time is is on the horizon. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it would need to start with an official statement from Leon Rose once he's installed as the new head of basketball operations, lining out the vision that you actually talked about. That he is honest about um, his uh, newest endeavor saying that he has no experience, but that he's intending to listen to other people, be inclusive, and try to find the right person for the right job. And I'm talking about the general manager position. Um, does, I think, does Perry make it? I'm not so sure. Um, I think that there's always um, a fascination of uh, new hires in terms of we have to sweep the floors and everyone has to be replaced because I don't want anybody um, from the old regime still like being in the office. I don't know if that's true with uh, Leon Rose, but um, it, it would actually be a chance to bring somebody in, maybe a younger general manager who 
maybe doesn't have like a huge proven track record, mm -hmm. but who shows that he comes from the school of Ainge or Mori or uh, Dennis Lindsay or Sam Popovich. Presti. Yes, somebody who comes in and actually has a great vision and can do the every single day work that is necessary, mm -hmm. be on the phone with the teams, with agents, with scouts, with, with everyone that, that, that is important in this group. So this is something that I would really like to see, that there is an, an honest communication about the new situation, about the people on hand, and what they want to change. Um, and that would be something that I would like to see as a fan. Um, it, it wouldn't completely break off my pessimism because I know that the foundation underneath is not very stable mm -hmm. and we heard pledges of improvement before. Um, so in the end, it's always the results that matter and the results are bad. The results are bad for the past 20 years and something needs to change. And I think the first step is an honest and open communication also with the media no um, blocking out Stefan Bondi or Frank Isola. Keep them in. Do the Donnie Walsh way. Talk to them regularly because if you talk to the media, they're not forced to find stories but actually report on them because you give them the quotes. Be open. Be friendly. Um, be in, intrigued by new possibilities of going uh, new and modern ways when it comes to developing a team. And that's what I what I want to see. That's what I want to want to see from this new regime. But um, yeah, we I think we just have to wait and see how everything falls. Yeah, man. I I the positive sign for me would be if he went and got now now part of me doesn't want Perry to get fired. I don't feel that he got a fair shot. Um, but at the same time, I think he the new GM has to own. I mean, the new president of basketball has to own the whole thing. He he needs to put his GM in. He has to, you know. I, I would even change the the public relations people. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, Everyone. No, exactly. When Sean Marks came in, he fired everybody. The trainers, the the PR, like everybody had to go. If you were on the basketball side of things, you were gone. And um and so he he basically owns the the winning or the losing at, at that team, and um. And I think I think uh, Leon Rose has to do the same. Uh, the the thing I would like to see him do that that would give me a sign of hope is to just sweep away the arrogance of we're the Knicks, we're gonna do X, Y, and Z, and everything is gonna be all right. Yeah. I I want to hear we're gonna do the work. We're going to be the best organization. We're going to hire the best people. We're going to have the most scouts. And we're going to create a development program that is going to nurture these kids. And, and it's going to change everything about being a New York Nick and what Nick basketball means. If I can hear that from Leon Rose, then... And and see it in action, and actually see yeah, him in, in control. Because <laughs> uh, Phil Jackson said a lot of things that sounded good, but at the end of the day, he, I I never believed he was even all the way in. He's just too accomplished. He's too rich at this point. Like really, like what really motivates that guy at, at the end of the day. Um, 
but if if he can if he can actually execute and if he hire let's see who he hires as GM and let's see who he hires as coach, then I'm I'm all for it. If he hires Calipari, which I you know, CAA, Kentucky, Calipari have always had a, a just unclean and and I think at the end we'll find out some horrible things about uh Calipari's time and in uh, uh, Kentucky, but if they hire Calipari for this job, then <laughs> yeah. I, I'm here. I'm I'm hearing the name being floated about. I, I I I don't believe it. I don't even think Calipari really wants to take the risk of coming to the NBA. He could just sit in Kentucky and just cash Nike checks and and be you know king of the universe. I don't I don't know why he would come to the Knicks, but that CAA connection is there. Um, you know, he's given them a pipeline of players throughout the years, you know, going all the way back to, you know, guys like Michael Kidd Gilchrist and, and the like. Um, I <laughs> I really hope that uh, that he's not the hiring. Who, who would you hire as your coach? Who's your pick as uh, the Knicks future coach? That's that's a tough one because I really like I, I really like a lot of young coaches in the league right now, but who are in a job and that you can pry away. Um, I don't have one single coach, like one single mind on um, a name on my mind where I say they have to hire this guy who's available right now because I think that all of the good ones that we know mm-hmm. are in a job, and then you have to look at assistant coaches at people who, um, yeah, uh, sit in the second row and maybe are ready to take over. And um, so in all honesty, I, I see that there are a lot of construction sites with the Knicks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the Perry situation. I don't know if his job is safe or not. There are conflicting reports. So I don't know what his situation will be. But in all honesty, um, I, I saw some tendencies with him that I really don't like and where I feel like he is not the right person to work with when it comes to play to creating just a modern basketball team. Right. Um, believing in Alfred Payton for so long um, and bringing him in against all odds. And he was the one who wanted Emmanuel Moutier at the trade deadline and stuff. Yeah. Like that. So there's some, just some decisions where I say in terms of just pure basketball and strategy and philosophy, I'm not aligned with him. But that's just a subjective kind of thing. Um, we don't know how much leeway he actually had. So, but there are conflicting reports with him. So, I don't know who the general manager will be. And then, I mean, is Leon Rose really able to pick a coach? He needs a general manager who says, Leon, listen, we have to go this way. We have to do this. We have to do this. And if he decides to use his network, and we we hear the name uh, Calipari, if he just tries to use his network to hire somebody, then it's the same old thing once again, because it's not an uh, honest process. It's not an honest kind of way to find somebody who's suitable for the next couple of years, at least. And then we know that it's, it's kind of the same deal once again, 
with other faces inside the Knicks organization. Yeah, it would be an old boy from within the network. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. would be an old boy network. It 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 would exactly. rush. It would work kind of like the Russian oligarchy. Hey, we're all former KGB. Let's let's divide up all these mining yeah. and oil contracts. <laughs> and, and, yeah, exactly. And and exactly. you know, not do something for the better of the organization, but just let's let's just get me and my friends get rich. Yeah, and 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 you mentioned it. The biggest the biggest threat to the Knicks is actually um, arrogance and the own character. Because you asked the question, why should Calipari um, leave Kentucky and come to New York? Because he wants to be he wants to create a legacy where he's the savior of the Knicks, where he comes mm-hmm. in, has the limelight, has the reputation and gets the attraction and just turns the team around. And he believes he can do that. Whether yeah. he is suitable for it or not, I- I'm not able to say that. Um, but he believes that he can turn this team around and he's the right person um, because he has the character to basically be a, prof- a-, a very successful person. Mm-hmm. So he has to... Like, yeah, to be a head coach, be a little bit of arrogance. In yeah, it. there's he 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 already yeah. has a, that arrogance built into him, and 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 maybe that arrogance isn't the sound way of um, you know, picking our next GM and and, exactly. and coach. Um, I will I'll give you a name. <laughs> Please do. Uh, for so for GM, I, I first of all, GM is more important, and the GM needs to do the the coaching hire. They the coach yes. and the GM needs to be have a organic and kind of like, uh, you know, they're the two keystones of the ecosystem that will be, you know, a part of this team. Um, the, the, the environment that they grow these, this, this, uh, they grow basketball players out of. So the two of them have to be cohesive. The two of them have to have a relationship, but a guy I would love to see the Knicks get is a guy I would love to see the Nets get. Um, I think he's an even better fit at the Knicks because the Knicks haven't developed a point guard in 40 years. Um, I, I was saying just yesterday on Twitter that if the Knicks traded for D'Angelo Russell, he would be the best Knicks point guard since Clyde Frazier. And, Deon, De, and, and D'Angelo Russell is not the best point guard in the NBA, but he would be <laughs> the best Knicks point guard and obviously some people would say Stephon Marbury, but based on what he did at the Knicks, uh, it's it's a hard thing to say. Yes. Um, but they didn't make that trade. So that tells me the Knicks are, are probably going to bring in a point guard, draft a point guard. They may draft a couple of guards because they, they have a bunch of big men right now. Uh, they have a small forward of the, of, of the future if not shooting guard with how the NBA is getting so much bigger than it, than it was. Um, I I would say bring in Paul, Pablo Prigioni. I think Pablo hmm, Prigioni, I think, I think he's done the work. I think, I think these jobs, when you give them to people, the best, if you look at the, the most winningest franchises, you know, starting with the San Antonio Spurs on up, they're run by people who had every single job, who were the video coordinator, who was the assistant coach, or, you know, um, and a lot of times they're, they're players that weren't good enough to be, you know, playing all the time. <laughs> and and I look at a guy like Prigioni coming from Argentina, 
winning championships in Europe, seeing how organizations develop players in Europe, you know, being on the bench at the Nets, um, being key to to uh, reviving um, uh, D'Angelo Russell's career and helping Spencer Dinwiddie become great. Like, look at the two basketball players that were basically left for dead that were developed in Brooklyn while he was there. Um, not taking away the credit from Atkinson. Atkinson does really well with point guards, but he was it was his job to develop a point guard, and now he's at Minnesota. Uh, well, he'll well he'll help integrate uh, D'Angelo with Cat, but I think Pablo's had every job. I think he's uh you know he, he he was at the Knicks. He knows what's wrong from a player perspective, and I think he could be a hell of a solution pro- provider. What 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 do you think about Pablo as maybe being a a, a Knicks head coach? Well, I I saw his name popping up when he. Um was hired by the Nets and sitting on the Brooklyn bench. And I really liked the hire back then because I think he's a, he's a very high character guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's somebody who connects well with players, um, who is an outstanding basketball mind. As you already said, he's, he was a point guard for a lot of international teams. He won medals. He, um, came into the NBA late in his career, but succeeded in the kind mm-hmm. of way that like how he was. Um, and I think that he is, he kind of has a little bit of the same um, track record than Sean, Sean Marks, who was a role player in the NBA. Yep. But I think that because of his acumen and his character, the Spurs decided to keep him around and develop him, develop him beyond his playing career. Correct. Which really worked out well. Yeah, <laughs> Sean Marks started off as an intern. As an unpaid exactly. intern, yes, uh, and, with the Spurs, and, yeah, and I think that like um, Pablo at some point would would, would do a, a very good job. Um, I, in general, like the idea to get in an unproven younger coach mm-hmm. to start with the team rather than somebody like Jeff Van Gundy, and I I love Jeff Van Gundy, but it's. I, I think that ship has sailed long time ago. Yeah, and I I would be in favor of somebody who's like a tad younger, and who's able to uh, implement um, modern style basketball with without abandoning some of um, the old principles that are still true to this day. Yeah. Um, so Pablo Prigioni is is an is an interesting name. And I know that people floated around the idea of Jerry Stackhouse two years ago mm-hmm. when there was the f- whole Fisdale process. And I mean, we we shouldn't re- we shouldn't forget that David Fisdale was seen as one of the young, up and coming, brilliant minds in yeah. basketball. And yeah. out of um, the Mi- out of the uh, Miami, uh, yeah, one of Pat the Riley assistants. coaching tree. Yes, and Pat Riley stole the Knicks' soul when he departed <laughs> for Miami. Yes, he did. And since he's gone. Um, everything went wrong for the franchise it, in minor but continuously ways. And Imagine um, if they just years ago just gave him all the power and let him run the Knicks. How yeah, different history would be. And, and, and I keep saying if, if fans want to see how the Knicks could be, just look at Miami. Yeah. Look at this organization and the team and 
the rules and the principles that they have day in and day out. And they hired a young guy in Eric Spolstra, and now he's the second longest tenured coach in the league, if yeah. I think. After, if after I Popovich, correctly. yes. yes. Yeah. And he's he's just amazing. And, no, and, and it, this is something that the Knicks l- should try to, to replicate. Look at, look at the guy. Spolstra, video coordinator. Yeah. You know, his dad wor- worked in the NBA and, you know, w- was how he was able to get his break. He's coached everywhere from the Philippines to, to uh, uh, obviously, Miami. And he's had every single role. Those are the guys that should yeah. t- get these jobs. Yeah. And if, and like if Nick you, Nurse, for instance. Oh, another great example. Same exact yeah. thing. Yeah. Had every job, knew exactly what to do. I, I'm, I, I, there's good coaches out there, man. Uh, uh, I, they could get this right, but if they go for a retread, again, it's, it's the same old, same old. Yeah, and as you said, the general manager role is the more significant, more yes. important one. Yes. Um, I, I somehow don't trust Scott Perry to do the right hire. And you gotta, I, it's for me, the Perry thing is, I feel like it's it, no matter what, he's gonna get fired unfairly. However, yeah. he has to go in order for there to be a completely new regime and for Leon Rose to own yeah. whatever happens from here. Yeah, exactly. Robert, where can people find you? Well, they can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Robert Jersey, Robert and then J E R Z Y. Um, I'm always happy to start conversations about the Knicks, uh, New York sports, the NBA in general. Um, everything else, I think, for the audience listening right now is not that interesting because most of my content is in German <laughs> since I'm uh, located in Berlin. Don't, and, don't sleep uh, on my audience. My audience is very I won't. urban, as they would say, but, you know, we, I might have a few four lines uh, listening in, I, I don't. <laughs> so my, my website is dot com. It's nyj nykj dot uh, com nyknicksjournal dot com. Um, that's um, the website of my of my blog since two thousand and eight around the New York Knicks. And um, yeah, I'm always active on Twitter, um, and I really enjoy the discourse and the conversations about basketball. As do I, my brother. I'm so happy to have finally done this with you. Um, it was a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the front office, Mr. Jersey. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I'm gonna. I hope you'll come back on and and talk about these Knicks with me uh, uh, in the future. Would be delighted. Next time we can talk about Brooklyn too, because this is a very interesting uh, franchise I, right now. <laughs> I haven't recorded a pod in like a week. I'm supposed to record one after every game, and I'm so depressed about the Nets. I, I, I could barely talk be. about them. You shouldn't. Be. <laughs> Future's right. We'll, 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 we'll have that conversation uh, uh, later. Thank you for coming on, uh, Robert. We, Thanks for we need to me. do this more. Yes. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, my friend. <laughs> Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. 
Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.